0: Hello, welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Uh, my name is Matt Southgum, and joining me today is rugby writer Andy Howell. Good afternoon, Andy. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Matthew, yourself? How was your Christmas? Not bad. Not bad. How was yours?
1: Yeah, all right. All okay. right.
0: Bit of train trouble this morning.
1: Bit of train trouble coming in this morning. Matt yelled up by the uh, chaos around Cardiff. This is the engineering works overrun? All
0: right. Let's pull that to one side. Then let's get on to the rugby. Shall we? Um, let's start with the Cardiff Blues against the Dragons game at the weekend. Then, well, sorry, it wasn't the weekend, was it? I don't know where I am. It's Christmas. Anyway, the, uh, f- the festive game between the Blues and the Dragons, 27-16 to the hosts. Um, full house, first of all. Let's start positive.
1: Yeah, that was great. See a full house there. I actually think myself that they could have uh, played it next door at the Principality Stadium, slashed the ticket prices, marketed it properly, got some entertainer the kids would have come along to, to watch, Tiny Temper or something like that, same as Salison's do when they go to Wembley, and I reckon they could have got 30000 there. But, great, having said that, great, there was a full house at the, uh, Arms Park. First half, 43 points in 40 minutes, without really kicking off, if I'm honest, uh, there's a lot of whistle from Ben Whitehouse, the referee, uh, stop, start, and, uh, uh, but you would thought then the Blues, they only need one more try for a bonus point, but nothing happened in the second half. How often do you see nil-nil in yeah, half, a and, uh, the game died a death, uh, and it was turning into a bit of a damn script. to be on, to be honest, uh, dragons they had Ashton Hewitt, looks good prospect. Apart from that, they didn't have a lot. Every time they tried to batter their way through, Sam uh, Warburton had a great game. Navidi and uh, Nick Williams, they was you know they just did him backwards.
0: Um, I don't like to talk about referees too much, but Ben Whitehouse was coming in for some stick on social media. There were two yellow cards in the game. Both deemed by many as controversial. You had Lilo for the high tackle and Landman for the clear out. Uh, what was your take on
1: that? Yeah, it's Danny. Danny Wilson, as he said himself, that uh, uh, Lilo was a bit careless. He knows the rules. He did go a bit high. His arm was left up there anyway. It was high starting off. Uh, I think fair enough under the new uh, edict. And uh, but Landman, I thought that was uh, ridiculous. The only reason he actually got a yellow card is because Alice Cusbert fell over backwards. If Cusbert hadn't fallen over. Don't think there would have been anything uh, made of it. Danny Wilson, and don't forget he is the Blues coach, he said it was a ridiculous uh, red card. Uh, no, red, sorry, yellow, yellow card. Yellow. And I uh, tend to uh, agree with him. Of course, you know, people are saying the game's changing, uh, which it is because of all this, but I understand why World Rugby are doing it, because they fear litigation. Because that's going to come at some stage from concussion anyway, and that, you know, they're trying to protect themselves and trying to protect clubs, regions, etc.
0: Do you think. Uh the referee was at fault in terms of you said there was no points in the second half. Did that come down to too much whistle?
1: Well, and or, I just think the Blues think lost the players, their way a bit, yeah. the players lost their way, a the game sort of petered out a bit. What disappointed me about that match it was a big derby, big East Wales derby, was there wasn't much feistiness, if any, and it just it was a low key derby. There didn't really seem to be a a lot of passion. Maybe the Blues only thought they had to turn up the win, and the Dragons have been so bad away that uh, you, you know the, the non Many people give them a, a chance to win it. I was dis- I was disappointed. At, yeah, how low key, it, it was in the second half. I, you know they just they lost their way. The Blues and they reached a stage in the second half where the Blues there was no way they were going to lose the game. Uh, it was when Steve Shingler was injured. Uh, they decided rather than kick for the corner. Apparently they actually went for the, for the post and missed. Well, they should have been chasing the fourth, uh, uh, the bonus point, the fourth try and a bonus point because that could prove crucial. Missing that point could, at the end of the season, mean they won't qualify for next season's Champions uh, Cup or the Pro Twelve playoffs, which actually looks a long way from them as it stands.
0: Yeah, well, they need all the points they can get um, in the if in the race for Europe. Uh, they can't be what, five points behind Glasgow.
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw Glasgow-Edinburgh oh, Edinburgh, Glasgow at the weekend, and that was a lot better game, and Glasgow are a really uh, good side. So they got a lot of ground to make up the uh, Blues. You, I look at that table now, and it is, uh, dare I say it, it is a table of uh, two halves, if you like. It's almost two divisions in it. There's the top division, down to Glasgow, and then there's the, uh, the bottom division. Blues are probably better than the... Uh, Blues and Connor bet betting the other sides below them, but they've left themselves hell of a lot of work to do to get into that top six.
0: All right, then back to the game. a lot has been made about Nick Williams' absence uh, in terms of the Blues and how their season has fallen away after their great start. Some saying that Nick Williams' absence has sort of coincided with the with their run of poor results. Did he make an impact when he came yeah, back?
1: Yeah, he did make an impact. A bit of carry and he made an impact as well defensively with the Dragons running into him. He's such a big man, he's hitting them backwards. Uh However, I would say when he played at the start of the season, they weren't perhaps playing against great opposition, so he did uh, shine in those games. They probably when you look at their results, their problems again have come against the top six in the table. So yeah, Nick Williams's absence, he would have made perhaps he would have made some difference if he played, but uh, I don't think that's the uh, uh, complete uh, reason. They also missed as well. I might add, they have missed uh, Josh Navidi think he's missed the consistency for the Blues always gives everything and uh, you know he missed a lot of that uh, uh, part of when they were uh, uh, losing he's come back as well and he's playing well and he's loved it to see Warburton have a big game uh, against the Dragons because he'd been quiet in uh, other matches recently
0: Let's talk a bit more about uh, Sam Warburton and a lot of people feel he's he's sort of showing signs of his best form after his performance against the Dragons a bit bit more in detail what did you make of how he played and what was he doing in particular well, that impressed you? Well,
1: the first thing I noticed was he was captain in the Blues. I think that's a good move. Warburton being captain because I think that does garner his interest a, a bit more. And you could see in the changing room whether the cameras panned on it uh, before the kickoff, he was really laying the law down. You could tell he was fired up for the game. And, uh, you know, more so than you do see him for some matches, he was right up for the derby and he, uh, he led, by example, uh, you know, Dragons got a great young black grower and Ollie Griffiths, who didn't do too badly, but, uh, you know, Warburton sort of dominated a bit, he was putting in some big tackles. he was getting over the ball, which he does, you know, he was hungry for it, I would say, and uh, technically he was very good.
0: OK, there's been a bit, uh, on the Dragons side of the ball, and there's been a bit of excitement um, about Ashton Hewitt and how he performed at the Arms Park, what, what did you make of him, scored a try?
1: Yeah, he was good. Uh, you know, Dragons and uh, as a blue scored a try after about seventy-four seconds, and uh, he did. Uh, Steve Shingler did go through him for that. But apart from that, he tackled well. The rest of the game, the boy's got serious gas. Um, you know, he's probably the fastest runner, uh, sprinter in Welsh rugby, going on the test times. And uh, he's a good rugby player. He's got. He knows what he's doing. He's got a bit of a rugby brain on him. And he scored. He scored a lovely try. It was simple, but it was lovely. You know the. the um, Blues had Lilo, I think, was in the sim bin at the time. So the Dragons, Angus O'Brien spotted there was no sweeper behind the defence. Defence was rushing up, sweeper so the ball behind him, and uh, Hewitt. Won the race to the ball easily, showed a bit of composure, gathering and scoring. He was also dangerous on a couple of other opportunities. Took one brilliant eye catch, albeit from Matthew Morgan. Both jumped for the ball. Morgan was favourite to win it, and Hewitt pinched it away from him. It was uh, it, that was superb as well. So I think he's a boy. Certainly went to watch, and has got a a, a future. I think. You know, and of course on Sunday then he's, uh, he's going to be up against uh, Keelan Giles in the Battle of the young guns.
0: More on that later. Um, moving seamlessly on then to the Ospreys and the Scarlets, 19-9 win for the Ospreys. Um, I feel like this is where me and you are going to have a little bit of a debate here because I think we've got differing views on this game. Um, I noticed you saying one of the things you've pointed out in the fallout from this game is you felt that the game lacked intensity. Expand.
1: Well, I based that on because I saw the other derbies of the weekend apart from the Italian derby so in a pecking order the matches I saw at the weekend Munster against Leinster and Leinster had quite a lot of second second choices playing that was almost an international match the intensity of that match was incredible the passion both teams showed 26,000 plus crowd and that was right up there and I thought Edinburgh Glasgow twenty odd thousand at Murrayfield that was a cracking game as well, and both sides really got stuck into each other. Uh, third choice was Ulster um, Connaught. Really fast game, some super rugby in it, super you know super rugby-type uh, style, and uh, a lot of intensity, a lot of passion. There. Put the Ospreys game four and the Dragons uh, fifth. So the Ospreys did a number on the Scarlet in the second half, but I think they would, would have been content with just a 3-0 uh, victory. I don't think they showed a lot of ambition. In our second half, they shut the match down, and looked to me as though they were playing for penalties.
0: You mentioned that I, I know, you, it, as well as others you, yourself has been quite critical of the game as an, in general and as a, as um, you know, as a product and as something to watch. But the the game plan from the Ospreys in that second half, in particular, was clearly to just choke the life out of the game, and it, it was obviously just this just became about getting the W for Steve Tandy and I think personally I know it's not great to watch and that but the Ospreys should I'm not saying you need to applaud what they did because it wasn't great to watch but what they did was extremely effective and at the end of the day if they win the league at the end of the year nobody's going to care at the Ospreys how they did it and I think if they wanted to take the Scarlets on in a wide open game I think they were going to be playing with fire because I think the Scarlets are some of the most dangerous attackers in the league when the game opens up so I think what they did was right. They they shut it down second half. They played tight. Alan Win Jones nearly slipped up in his post match interview. He said he didn't want to say that they were playing for penalties, but I think essentially what they were doing was just dominating possession, dominating territory. And at the end, of the, the Scarlets had three yellow cards. So you know they played half hour of the game with fourteen men against the Ospreys, and that's always going to spell trouble.
1: Scarlett said 40 men for half hour of the game. Was well, the Ospreys should have taken advantage of that. I'm not saying throw the ball wide at every opportunity. I'm saying pick your moments and have balance in your game if it was on to move it or on to bring someone on an inside pass try and open the defence up what disappointed me a, a bit with the Ospreys was they did lack a bit of ambition and they didn't try and open the d- defence up you say about the intensity we we'll go and watch a video of uh, uh, of Munster at Leinster because that was far more intense There was far less space yes there was a lot of kicking in that in the first half but then Munster changed their game and were patient patient on a ball went through the phases were hitting a ball at pace and uh, until they eventually created gaps or found gaps, and they were quickly recycling the ball, and they paid off with a few tries. Uh, Ospreys had thought, kicked, you know, they kicked a lot of possession away, and they did not number. Yeah, you're right about winning penalties if you've got a dominant scrum why not knock a ball on on purpose so there's more scrums in the game so you're going to win more penalties you know if I was a coach and it was a, 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 a cynical situation you know I wouldn't have no grounds about telling my team to, to do that so I can understand where, where Tandy's coming from but the Ospreys have got some good backs mind. you know they had Ashley Beck was playing that game Keelan yeah, Giles yeah. was red hot Samuel Davis
0: you'd like to have seen him at 10 is that right?
1: Yeah, I've seen bigger play at fullback before, and bigger is an excellent fullback because he's fantastic in his kicking game. Plus, he will come up to the line more and demand a ball because such a forceful personality and confidence. And I think you know he would do more of that. And Sam Davis does. I actually think if Dave, Sam, you know, if Sam was playing at ten and bigger at fifteen in that game, I think Davis' creativity they might have opened up the scarlets more easily, especially when the scarlets were down to fourteen men.
0: Okay, um, final word on this. I, I'm not I'm not saying that the game didn't lack a little bit of skill, didn't lack a bit of flair or the entertainment value we were all looking for. but I think I'm gonna have to pull you up on the intensity uh, the first ten minutes of that game they were flying at each other. I, I the image just sticks in my head is a Rob image of Rob Evans looking right up for it after there was a massive collision and, a, and there was a stoppage in play and they were flying into rucks and stuff. I mean we've all seen the images of Scott Williams faces in all sorts of shapes yeah. at the moment. I mean, in terms of intensity and physicality, I think the game was right up there.
1: Yeah, not questioning it, physicality and intensity. I'm saying the intensity was, was great than the other games I saw at the weekend. That's 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 you know that's all. Rob Evans, yeah, classic. He was right up there. And Scott Williams, you know, how did he play on their shingler then? Had yeah. his uh, head knock. So, yeah, of course he was right up But Rhys Webb, he summed up that match during the halftime interview. when he said, oh, first half, i much with, what, you know, much in it to see, Scrappy.
0: Scrappy. That's how he
1: described it, Scrappy. But again, I didn't think, also, I didn't think the referee helped that game either. And maybe there is a thing in it, because Nigel Owens refereed munster Leinster. and I really do see a bad game when Nigel Owens is ref. Players know exactly what he, you know, what he wants. He's got empathy with the game, which I don't think the referee at the... um Andrew Brace was it at yeah. the uh, Ospreys game, and I don't think Ben White, was, it was a promising ref himself, but I don't think either of them have got the empathy Mike, Nigel Owens has got. And of course, they haven't got the respect of the players, which Nigel's also got.
0: A word on the Scarlets, and they never never really got going in this game. Um, they were leading, right? Yeah, they were, but. You know, it wasn't like a Scarlet performance that we're used to seeing. There was no tries in the game for the Scarlets.
1: It was reminiscent of the week before, Matt, against uh, Toulon when they held on and beat Toulon. But this time they couldn't hold on. Because if you remember against Toulon in the second half, Toulon got their big forwards and all going. It was a desperate holding operation by the Scarlets. And they did did so well to to win that uh, match Mm. against the Ospreys. They... You know, they I couldn't do it. They couldn't hold on, but the course the key in that was all those yellow cars. That certainly didn't help them.
0: It didn't. Right? I think the difference is in the in the first half of the Toulon game they looked like they were gonna to cut Toulon open more huh. often than not. In this game, I don't think they ever really threatened the Ospreys. Well, that them. was
1: because of the line speed, the Ospreys, wasn't it? The Ospreys so defence was
0: good. We need to credit the
1: Ospreys. Here yeah, yeah, you've seen about the Scarlet's uh, line speed. Well what about the Ospreys line speed. Yeah. They shut them down. And maybe the Scarlets didn't have quite as good a platform. Uh, in this game as they did against Toulon
0: Fair enough We, we mentioned the three yellow cards you had Rob Evans himself for a high tackle on Dan Evans and then Will Boyd and Steph Evans both went for taking down driving malls that were bound for the line no complaints. You can't. I mean, win. Rob
1: Evans knew straight away yeah, he was yeah. going to be yellow carded, and you, you can't complain that uh, <laughs> someone's going to pull down driving line outs or something, you're in trouble,
0: aren't you? I think there were a few uh, chuckles uh, knocking around when they, they showed the replay of the Steph Evans yellow in particular. That was uh, as cynical as it gets. But um, yeah, fair enough. You of course, he had
1: the double whammy, didn't it? was it the boy when Boyd he and also had a penalty, penalty try, try yeah. against them in those circumstances. It's unstoppable, it, and the try is going to be scored near probably near the touchline. You're better off, actually, letting the opposition score the try, and because there's more chance of missing the conversion from out wide than he's in front of the yeah. sticks of the penalty it. try. It was a double whammy, wasn't
0: it? It is one of those, though. I mean, it's such a, yeah. a hindsight view to take. I think Nicky Robertson summed it up well after the game where he said, it's easy to say, but when you're in that position, your instinct as a rugby player is to stop them scoring at yeah, all costs. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just one of those, I guess. Um on the attendance, 19,500 just over yeah. uh, at the Liberty Stadium. That's positive as well. Yeah, that's
1: great. That's great. But how, how many people that went along for the uh, uh, neutrals or went along for the day, how many of them will be tempted to go back having witnessed, as we swab said, a scrappy encounter?
0: Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, moving on then, we're going to have a chat about the news now. Um, in the weekly half-penny, that rumbles on. Um, his situation, Danny Wilson came Out and said after the game that they won him. I guess that's that's pretty obvious. Anybody, well, they wanted want him for asking. two years, haven't they? Well, you yeah. right. well,
1: since he left, they wanted him to go back. Um, yeah, it's obvious they won him, and of course, he was at the match watching from hospitality box. But I don't think you can read too much no. in- into that. Uh, he was probably watching the Ospreys game as well. Yeah, uh, don't think you read too much into it. It's uh, you know, what Lee's got to decide is whether he accepts a massive offer from uh, Toulon to stay there. Already thinks about perhaps the longevity of his career, and he would have already made a lot of money in too long. Even in Wales, as Sam Warburton staying here. He's probably set up for life. You know, they get commercial business interests uh, from it, and uh, uh, you know, half Penny could have much the same. Uh, he's got a big decision to make will it be about the money? Does he like living in the south of France been there for years already you know it's different living somewhere to being there on a holiday yeah. you know I wouldn't be surprised if he still if he comes back
0: let, let, me, let me put this to you then. two different questions here that's slightly different if you were Lee Halfpenny what would you do but where would you like to see him they're two different questions if you were him what would you do but where would you like to see him go so
1: well I'm not Lee Halfpenny so if, you were, I mean, if I were Lee Halfpenny I'd be going personally myself I would go and play Super Rugby in the Southern Hemisphere, because really? it's the best rugby. Yeah. yeah. But that's me, and I expect, hope you prefer to live in New Zealand and Australia than I would in France. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me. Um, if I was half penny from, uh, uh, obviously, a financial point of view and uh, uh, the crowd point of view, uh, excitement than that, and if I, if I enjoyed living in uh, in Toulon area, I would probably stay there with the money is on uh, offer. Uh, if he comes back to... Uh, to Wales, um, I think I would probably go to the Blues because uh, if they get their ground redevelopment plan comes off and all that, they should you know they, sh- they sh- the Blues really you know let's face it the Blues have underachieved, underperformed over the years. Really, they should be the dominant Welsh region because they the capital. They got so much goodwill from businesses in the city, big businesses, sponsors, etc. Really, they should be you know they should be uh, uh, Wales's um, uh, Toulouse if you like or Toulon England's Leicester you know what, what have you but they uh, uh, so there's that what could put him off it would put me off if I was looking at them is where they are on the table their performances and then perhaps they need more than the half penny to get them firing
0: Alright then uh, another bit of transfer gossip is the Rhys Priestland stuff that came out last uh, well sorry yesterday from our colleagues uh, Mark Orders Rhys Priestland Scarlet's return but they want him at full back
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I'm not surprised if he he's looking around because I wouldn't expect uh, Bath to uh uh if Bath offered him a new contract, I would have thought there'd be a big massive cut in money. Um I if Scarlet's getting back could be some good business if they're back on the uh on the cheap. Um you know Reese really hasn't played so that much over in uh Bath any second uh, second well choice. Injury, he's had a lot of injuries the last few years, not just there, he had him at Scarlet's as uh as well. Um, if they're getting him back as a full-back, maybe they're just saying they're getting him back as a full-back, but it might not be long before he forces way in. A, a, a number 10, uh, Priestland, would it be a backward step bringing him back? they got Dan Jones, as Wales Under-20 outside half, mm-hmm. uh, last season, came on at the uh, weekend. Do they rate Dan, Dan Jones as a prospect or not? If they do, unless they can get Priestland on a cheap I don't know why they bother. Uh,
0: so we got different views on Priestland. I think. What's your view on Priestland as a as a player in general?
1: Priestland's an excellent rugby player, as he proved or can be an excellent player. As he proved during the 2011 World Cup and uh, the Grand Summit in uh, 2012, he's a fant- he's a really good footballer. puts people in the gaps when he's confident. Plays on the uh, game line. Uh, Reece, if Rhys had Dan Bigger's, uh, um belief confidence and uh, temperament he would be a great player but I think he uh, he, is you know he's a bit he, his temperament perhaps is a bonus he's a bit suspect perhaps he, uh, he has confidence issues which he's talked about himself in the past and I think that is the, the biggest hindrance with him and he is prone to making mistakes in uh, in games at his best he's a very good player but have we I was asked have we seen the best of Priestland
0: well that's that's why that's my main issue with him, I just think of his career, and I get so frustrated because I think there's so much unfulfilled potential in it.
1: Uh, well stuck with him for a long time. they mm-hmm. give him a lot of rope because uh, they know he's a good footballer and perhaps as uh, attacking wise brings more to the uh, to the side playing flat and putting people in the gaps um, so they stuck with him a long time uh, but in the, in the end you know they, in the end they had to switch to uh, to bigger. Mm. Uh, even though they thought at the time Bigger played a bit deep and wasn't so much of a threat and all in him, uh, him, himself
0: so do you think he'll ever play for Wales again recently
1: well he might do won't he you know there's a chance, there's a chance he might if he comes back to Wales it will improve his chances wouldn't it because he wouldn't have to be a wild card because mm. when you look at the potential wild cards obviously this season it's been affected already left out the autumn squad because uh, he was surplus, he didn't make the list. The three this season goes out to four next season. lot depends on where halfpenny is, but you know, Priestland could be one to miss out if he uh, stays outside Wales.
0: Moving on then, uh, outside of Wales, it's casting that a bit further. There's talks in the press this week of um, scrapping Zebra. What do you make of that?
1: Not surprised at all. KPIs, Matt, key performance indicators, and uh, you know, they've been in business a few years now they haven't performed Uh, you could say the same about Chorizo but of course uh, Chorizo historically a bit like Cardiff and Laneth they were they are almost a standalone club uh, whereas Zebra is a uh, franchise so they're the ones who are going to be vulnerable um, I think it's good by the Italians if they're not performing. Why not change? Uh, um, Roma's had a team before played in the Heineken Cup. I remember against Ponty Creed, Preta. I think it was the first year. Me- Diego Dominguez was the outside half. Good side. Rome is where their national team plays. It's got uh, a growing interest in uh, rugby. Uh, so why not? You know, I'd argue uh, why am we had. Uh, Where's the KPIs in uh, Wales? Because if we'd been, uh, you know. Uh, uh, as hard if you like and uh, unforgiving uh, Dragons would have been gone already and the Blues with all their resources like I've said have underachieved, underperformed they would have been skating on thin ice as, uh, uh, as, as well it should, you, know, you can't allow these teams to go on forever if they're not performing the Italians are, you know, they look like they're going to pull the rug after about three or four years where in Wales oh, just carry on it? some people in Gwent think oh, Dragons will always uh, uh, you know, stay in business even if they lose every match well, to me, that's not good enough.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's move on then. Finally, let's look at the, the New Year's Day derbies. Hang uh, on a
1: minute, Matt. Now, you're really whisking through this today now. You got something else on? <laughs> no, no, no. Football no. or something? No, nothing. Yeah. Hey, Christmas, huh?
0: mate. Christmas. Spirit. Well done, Matthew. Um, yeah, so New Year's Day. Um, Scarlet's Blues, 3pm on New Year's Day. Scarlet's favourites?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. And, uh, they won it at the Blues and at at Paki Scalas I think they will be uh, yeah they will be favourites though the Blues will give them a chance Blues had a really good win there uh, last season They will got confidence from last weekend and uh, they've got a bit longer uh, turnaround and their game as uh, we said earlier wasn't as physical against the Dragons whereas the Scalas suffered some collateral damage will Scott Williams be fit awesome. will he be playing with our eye you know his I wrapped up Aaron Shingler has been playing really well that was a blow losing him in the game and mm. um, you know, will he be uh, clear to play? Will Jonathan Davis... You know, Jonathan Davis, we've got to be worried about him. Six Nations not far hard Still having hamstring problems so for that uh, injury he uh, had during the Autumn Internationals. If Scott doesn't play, will Jonathan be fit uh, uh, to play? It's going to be a really interesting uh, battle for the Blues to win there. They're going to have to stand up to him uh, up front. I think it could be a nice scoring match.
0: Is it... Can there be a suggestion that the Scarlets might be vulnerable after the defeat? I'm only saying that because they've had Mm -hmm. back-to-back games against Toulon. Mm -hmm. They've gone into the Welsh Derby against the Ospreys. Like you've said, they've picked up a few injuries. All their games have been physical in the last three or four
1: weeks. You could be right because it is a war of attrition, isn't it? And yeah. they haven't got the squad at Toulon, for example. So mm. they haven't got they can't bring people in just uh, you know they can't pluck people and bring them in and think expect the same from them because they haven't got the uh, the depth, so they got to rely on the same pool of players uh, really. So that could uh, catch up for uh, that could catch up with them, and uh, you know the Blues. If they put their do, you <laughs> enough, do you see enough? Do you see
0: enough from the Blues on the weekend to suggest that they could beat the, the Scarlets?
1: Oh, they got a because I covered the game last season when they armored the uh Scarlet and the Scarlets were riding high at the time and they come really uh uh unstuck. Uh Steve Shingler, ex Scarlet, playing really well, controlling matters to the boost, been impressed by him, not just in that game, but he seems to be developing. Uh he's coming along, they got good centres. You know, they got da- uh, dangerous out uh out wide, so uh, you know they do pose a threat. It's up, it's up front, isn't it? The Scouts are trying to do a number on them at the scrum, I would imagine, because mm-hmm. the Blues could still be vulnerable there. And the other, thing, the Blues must remedy for next season is their locks. They've got to get some. Lock. You've got to strengthen their lock department, despite like you've got Macaulay Cook. He's, play, he's playing out of position there, really, and he's another one who gives his uh, all every week. This is a massive match, though, for both clubs. Massive for the Scars, can't afford to slip up at home because they want to get back in the um, in the top four for yeah. the end of season title playoffs. With the Blues lose this game, you know, there's a possibility with uh, Glasgow playing away at. Um, Glasgow playing with the Italians this weekend. They've got Chirizo. Uh, You'd expect mm. them to win there. The danger for the Blues now is they become cut adrift. Mm. Uh, if they lose this match and the others, some of the Scarlets win, Glasgow win, and. Uh, uh, they, they could you know they could fall right off the pitch and they're going to find it really hard to challenge for next season's Champions Cup Yeah,
0: prediction then
1: for this game oh, this is a tough one man <laughs> I'm going to go never easy, I'm going mean, to tip the Scarlet to beat the Ospreys out, and I'm going to stick with my like, friends at west again the Scarlet's home advantage and I just think they're going to be a bit too good for the Blues
0: all right then, Dragons Ospreys at uh, five past five on the same day. Uh, again, Ospreys clear favourites.
1: Yeah, they've got to be on yeah. uh, on form, though they might. well will add the Dragons have won five in a row at home in all competitions. Well, yeah, this is it. Yeah, and they always fire. They you know they do get fired up for the Ospreys. Uh, it's a dangerous fixture for the Ospreys, and it'd be interesting to see what sort of team they go there. Will the Ospreys go fully loaded? Can they afford a rest? I don't know, say Alan Wynne-Jones for this game, I would say, no, they can't. Oh. And despite me saying earlier about Sam Davis playing at 10 against the Scarlets, do you know what? Against the Dragons, I would actually be more inclined to have bigger, a bigger 10 and, uh, and uh, controlling him and playing a really controlled game against the uh, Dragons and denying the Dragons the ball. Because I think the Dragons can be, uh, as the Blues, um, the Blues uh, muscled, the Dragons, and I would thought the Ospreys would uh, are capable of doing that as well.
0: Um, the one matchup that I think everybody is looking forward to, whether they play on the correct wings or not um,
1: well they should be up against each other I know you're going to say Hewitt
0: against Giles yeah really looking forward to that Something one to get excited about isn't it yeah so maybe then
1: just throw out the window what I just said about bigger <laughs> get Sam Davis at number 10 throwing the ball around everywhere and Josh Matarese who was really quiet and played really reserved rugby against the uh, Scarlets let's have him passing out the back of hand the Giles as he was earlier in the yeah. season Yeah, let's hope they both play Let's hope they both go head-to-head and let's hope they both go to get, the, uh, get the ball and have a go at each other because they are so exciting. So every time Giles touched the ball the other day, the crowd was off their feet, on it? It was like mm. watching Shane Williams, the reaction. And, uh, you know, the boy, is tough, he's durable, and he's a good player. Hewitt is good as well. So it'd be, uh, it'd be great when i see him in open space and let's see who is the fastest man in Welsh rugby.
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned earlier about the team selection from an Osprey's point of view. Um, and about the the possibility of wrestling players, etc. But they, they've they got a chance to go top of the league at, on New Year's Day. I mean, all it takes is for Connacht to beat Munster. Yeah,
1: which could happen. Which, did which last, last not... Happened, a, did you know, I did last season. It's
0: very possible. And all it needs then is for the Ospreys to get a win and they go top. So surely that's enough incentive to play a stronger side.
1: Well, it is because they want to be in the top four. Don't they? The Ospreys want to, on the scale, they both want to finish in the top two in the league to get a home draw yeah, exactly. for the semi-finals. And, you know, let's face facts, the Ospreys... You know, players play for the Ospreys all the time, don't they? It means such a lot to them. The Ospreys, Jersey, they've won a the league record uh, four times, along with uh, Leinster, and they're always right up for it. And, uh, you know, they they, they want to win it. They need silverware at the Ospreys. They haven't won anything since 2012. Mm. And uh, it's the second wave of Ospreys to come through, like Keelan Giles, uh, Sam Davis, etc. and they've got some fantastic young prospects there. And they've built a really good squad, and uh, they've got depth now. So, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm convinced they can finish in the... Uh, top four but this is the sort of match they can't afford to slip up in against the Dragons
0: you mentioned the Dragons home record um, is that something that can give Dragons fans optimism heading into this one
1: yeah I think it will give them some optimism I think more, more, perhaps more importantly it will help the players psychologically as well um, you know they're, they're going to be right up for it I think for this one they will fly into the Ospreys and um, if they get off to a good start I think a good start is key for them and uh if they do it gives them an opportunity whether or not they can sustain it for 80 minutes I'm not uh, too sure because as we saw with the Scarlets in the second half the Ospreys are such a big and heavy side they go on top of them a bit
0: OK let's get a prediction for you for that one
1: I I go for the Ospreys because I think the Ospreys now with this season are really building something
0: it's hard to back against the Ospreys at the
1: moment whoever they're playing isn't it it is because they're a a good well-drilled outfit and uh, they have got depth and they've got some big strong uh, bodies it'd be uh, hard for the Dragons to muscle up against them
0: OK thanks for joining us Andy and thanks to you guys at home for listening don't forget you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes just search for the Welsh Rugby Podcast and go over there give us some reviews some likes some stars all that fun stuff um, there'll be all the build up uh, to the New Year's Day derbies we'll have the live blogs and all the reaction on Wales Online